Welcome to the shitcoin.com show, everyone. Uh, today, as always, I'm joined by Andreas Brecken, founder and CEO of shitcoin.com. And today's special guest, uh, you might know him as the guy behind DriveChain, also a prominent Bitcoin researcher uh, in the space, uh, Paul Stotz. Welcome, Paul. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Always good to have you back on the show. You're a you're a regular feature these days. You definitely pop in from time to time to uh, talk to us about current affairs. <laughs> yeah, well, you guys are great. I mean, I got to talk to someone. Who am I going to talk to <laughs> these days? <laughs> so I guess to, to kick it off, Paul, it'd be great to just get a bit of an update on, um, yeah, what's the latest with DriveChain? Where are things at? DriveChain's going really well. Um, we put out new versions, so we have a version 30 of the test net is out. People can check it out. Go to drivechain.info. We have like a downloads page. We have like a guide with screenshots. Uh, we've been trying to make it more and more user-friendly and whatnot. So uh, I think, you know, I hate to say that it's done because that's kind of a curse, but I do kind of feel like it is very, very close to being finished. It's all just been bug fixes for the last few months. So, and what I would like to do next is have a couple good examples of sidechains. So that would be like the next thing. Andreas, I was talking to you before about Zcash being, that would be kind of an interesting one because of how ambitious it is technically, but it's also a code fork of Bitcoin as is our sidechain template. So it should be possible to like merge to be like doable, pretty doable thing. I, I mean, ideally it would just be copying and pasting a few things wallet and transaction validation and block validation. So ideally, but of course, who knows how hard it will be in practice. Um, but ideally, it would be very doable, but also something that is kind of a very ambitious because the cryptography is very alien in Zcash. But also uh, the third great thing about it is that it is actually kind of useful because people do criticize Bitcoin's privacy uh, dimension and in particular there is some this you know there are things you can do but some of them produce the so-called toxic waste which are these outputs that these outputs that like kind of they know that they belong to you and now what are you going to do with them you can't like combine them with other things they're kind of trapped so you could send you can, them to this. you can drive into the into the desert and uh, <laughs> take a lot of photos well and what i mean is you can send the um these uh, these outputs to Zcash sidechain and kind of like a black hole and it fresh coins come out uh, and then you could take them from the sidechain back to the the main chain so it'd be this is kind of a good mix of kind of something that is doable useful and kind of um, desirable if you um, if you had a Zcash sidechain would you uh, have both transparent addresses and shielded addresses, or would you just have the shielded? I would, because first of all, I think in general, the philosophy should be that alt people should, the altcoiners' ideas should just be copied kind of faithfully. I yeah. don't think it's a good idea to go down this road of being like, well, you know, sure, Zcash is great, but let's just edit. I don't like the way they did these ZK snarks or something. They just start editing it so that it's like some weird version of it. it should just be whatever every command line, ideally every single command line argument or 
anything you do with the command line that you would do on Zcash should just return the exact same thing mm. on the side chain. Oh yeah, and because otherwise you can't re yeah, and then you can reuse all software, including exchangeable implementations. Yeah, ab absolutely right. So that's one reason. The second reason is that I think it would be extraordinarily confusing to figure out how to send money in because when you go, money goes in and out. Our sidechain template's already set up with Bitcoin addresses. Whereas if you keep the transaction, the transparent ones are just Bitcoin addresses with a different yes. like, prefix or something, as I understand it. They are. Uh, so that would be pretty. That would be pretty helpful to keep it. Then the transfers in and out could just be that part could be the same. And then I don't think it's a significant inconvenience. I know. You know, I was shocked because I was just starting to do the research for this, and I was shocked that there's not a single. I don't think there's a single Zcash wallet that supports the. Uh, the shielded addresses, you have to run one of the two big clients. You have to run the Linux like node or you have to run their Windows thing, their Windows like full node in order to take advantage of them at all, which I think is funny. I mean, I'm sure there's some important reason for that. Happened to know, sure. yes. It's, um, uh, it's, it's, too, it's too slow to uh, create the mathematical proof required to send uh, shielded uh, transactions on a phone. Uh, oh, but the phones, but I mean, Zuko predicted this and I asked him about this over and over, uh, over the years, if phones would be able to do this. And yeah, a few years ago he said they will because the math is going to get quicker and the phones are going to get quicker. And we're already at the point where I'm pretty sure a phone can do it now. So um, ah, interesting. I remember reading news on a, on a Zcash phone thing coming out that's too uh, shielded. Okay. And I think I heard that maybe uh, last week. Yeah, I, I, look, I saw this comical list. It was like all these Zcash wallets and there was like feature comparison. And then if you looked at like shielded addresses, it was like, no, 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 no. They're all no, every single one of them. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> you know, that was kind of funny. But and, uh, Another another side chain. Uh, I've been looking a bit uh, the last few days on a project called Handshake, which yes. is um, I guess some kind of a uh, it's a reinvention of Namecoin. Of course, yeah. But um, the the team over at Purse.io and their friends at a startup called Namebase have been working on this project for a long time. Um, so there's one thing we already know: it should not have a token. It should not have mining. I mean, right, that yes. goes without saying. Uh, <laughs> it happens to have both. <laughs> well, Namecoin had them as well, which is funny. Namecoin, of course, had merge mining. Also, they had an option for merge mining. Well, I love the the idea. I, yeah, I've always wanted like a Namecoin sidechain concept um, because the core idea is really good. Um, if you, especially if you think of like Silk Road and the origins of Bitcoin on Onion uh, on the Tor network. And on how that, that's, you, one can only hope that that's part of the future of the internet. It's just more people using Tor hidden services and like some way of getting it really fast. And then that would be like a new, that's like an important thing. But in particular, you just think of like this problems that we have, like Silk Road ad or Darknet market, Tor addresses are weird, but also you have stuff like people impersonating um, Elon Musk and Vitalik to like do these Twitter scams where yeah. people send these, these affinity scams. Uh, the fact that the fact that I have to have all these different accounts at Telegram 
I have the same, you know, I have like a Reddit name, then I have a Twitter name, and then I have a name on Telegram. And it's like, shouldn't it be possible for me to just send the thing and have it all totally integrated? And if I want, and if I don't want them to be integrated, can't I just make a second or a third or it should be like Bitcoin addresses where I just, I can make more if I need them. And so I should just have a name and the name should just work on everything. And I shouldn't, you know, there's other problems with like logging in are terrible. The everyone should use a password manager that has one really difficult login and then it does the stuff for you. Yeah. But this could work like that. Another obvious things about the way it works is the domain name. It doesn't, it, you know, I think ICANN has done a phenomenal job of helping the internet grow into this awesome thing. But obviously a lot of what they do doesn't work really well or is confusing. Like why can't anything be a TLD at this point? I mean, why even have, why even limit, why is anything, why are any of these limits like still in place? Shouldn't I be able to just do like drivechain.bitcoin? Envisioned when I kind of tried to do an update of Namecoin um, on my blog, I was envisioning, envisaging a kind of like uh, you just have the name and then you just have some JSON and you could just put whatever you want in there. You can put everything. You can put a public key. You can put a Bitcoin address. You can put a Bitcoin stealth address. You can put a website. Mm -hmm. You can put name servers. You can put an IP address. They're just describing a, Keybase now. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it should be, yeah, well, this is the thing is, I think it, it would be useful in a kind of blockchain situation, though, because yeah. blockchain is this consensus thing. You could put it in a kind of Merkle tree or Radix tree, and so everyone could just be like, it could be very easy because it could What's just be Radix like a name. Tree? It's like a, a Merkle tree where stuff is sorted on. It's like a, there's a great image on Wikipedia where it's sort of like... Um, yeah, it's sort of like words that start with M. So there's like an M branch and then there's words that start with um, M-U, like murder mm -hmm. and uh, muck or something. So it's like it's branched based on the the name. So you know the position. Or the alphabetical so you, sorting. See, exactly. So there's a sorting element. So you can prove that there's no other. Oh, but you can correct. guess exactly where it's going to be. And but also you can say, uh, if, you're the on, if you're the only Andreas, in uh -huh. the whole thing, then you'll be, you'll know exactly where you'll be in the thing. So you could send nearby ones to say, this is Andreas. And then to the left of me is not some other Andreas and to the right of me is not some other thing. Right. So it has, adds this, this alphabetical um, concept, whereas a uh, tree is kind of just random. Um, the other thing though, is that what I'm, what I mean, what I have in mind is that it's just a name and a hash, and then it's up to you. You can just say, look, here's my thing, my little business card, and you can see that the hash matches. Mm -hmm. So now you can make, now that it's not part of consensus, you can make it as big as you want. You can have anything. It could have a photo. It can have nested things. It could have, you know, hash number two. So you could say, here's this, but you don't get my, you don't get my home address until, you know, layer three and then not until layer four do you get my medical history or whatever you can just have all this stuff in there if you want it and you could change it so i think the core idea is great the big challenge and i have a blog post about this that 
it was like 99% done and I just like never finished publishing it. But the big problem is that if you want to do something like this, and I know they, Handshake is really emphasizing domain names a lot, yeah. which I think is fine. Um, I almost think that's a little, thinking a little too small though. Uh, but I think that's obviously that's pretty big nonetheless. The big problem is how do you respect these two sets of property rights simultaneously? Right. You have, um, the ICANN, everyone already bought domains, so we already set this one system up. Uh-huh. And yet you want to have a new system and those people have to have a right to something. And so it's like, how do you balance those two? And personally, my opinion is that you should let, you should like pick a moment in time and let everything that ICANN has done, all the traditional domain.com, anything that ends in .com or anything ICANN formatted mm-hmm. that ends in .org or whatever, then it should always go to their thing. It, they should have, they own all of that. And then if it's anything else, then it's a new thing. So you could have like google.anarchy and it would be like a completely different site that could yeah. be run by anyone. But if you do anything that already exists, .com, so if someone registers uh, example one two three four five dot com hypothetically uh, in this new system and it hasn't been registered in ICANN, then if someone they later registers it in ICANN, they should be able to kind of claim it because I think the ICANN one should always have a trump. This should be like a layer two. The new thing should be like a layer two on top of ICANN where anything that ICANN just doesn't resolve or didn't resolve as that wasn't a, a top level domain as of you know March 10th, 2020, anything that didn't work there now gets kicked over to this thing. I think how that does that the work? Way. How does how does it just this is a question just from for me like I, I don't understand if if in the future I can decide to have dot Paul and Paul owns Yes. I think Paul. no that's why it's very important to pick a date for that and say right. it's they kind of I can just kind of teed this up a little bit by having TLDs. So just mm-hmm. by having them, you can say, look, okay, look, here's what they said. And if they put it in the future, then, you know, forget them because it can't be yeah. handcuffs to their decisions, then you're screwed. But you say, look, because the whole point of this is only to make it certain that the existing happy customers of ICANN are not unhappy in your new thing. So you've got to keep everyone mm-hmm. happy. That's the game theorist quest. <laughs> make sure and, uh, that everyone is happy because unhappy people will start a war or become a suicide bomber or something. <laughs> you can't have that. Yeah, I already asked you um, what you thought of the way they were doing the, um, some of the tokenomics, as they call it these days, on it. Um, yes, part of it I can't, is, you have to refresh my memory a little bit because I know they good developer. Okay, you can do it. Yes. So. If you have an account on GitHub that is older than a certain number of, uh, I guess, years, and you have at least X followers, I think it's like maybe 100. I think it's only 15. Okay, okay, 15. Uh, I mean, having a follower on GitHub is like having a thousand on Twitter. Because people don't follow each other that much on GitHub. Um, if you have that, you'll get what is today, I think, uh, like a couple of thousand dollars worth of their token. And the snapshot was already taken a while ago. Um, I thought there was also Hacker News, right? 
Yeah, it is Hacker News. I was just keeping it simple. I had both. Um, yeah. so, See, so that's a certain so the type reason, of theory. The, the reason they're doing it is because they want software developers with influence over integrating something like Handshake in, say, a browser. They want them to be involuntary bag holders. So they, because these developers have the GitHub account, so they already have the handshake, they just haven't claimed it, but they can claim it in the future. So, yeah. Well, it has properties similar to the hard fork in that way, where someone who wakes up today from a coma that started before, yeah. they were fortunate enough to miss the events of 2017 until today, and uh, they wake up, and now they're like, everyone tells them this about BTC, BCH, BSV. They have total indifference because they own equal amounts of all of them. So they are, this is the, the happiness kind of criterion that I was mentioning right. before. They're kind of like, oh, okay, you know, I'm happy with whatever works. In fact, I'm happy with everything works. Yeah. Um, so they have a certain theory when they emphasize Git, people, GitHub accounts, not even people, because as you know, one person could plausibly have many accounts that get the thing. So they have a theory that accounts are important to the success of the project. Um, so did they do anything about this ICANN question that I raised, uh, like about like grandfathering in old names or something like that? Or no, yeah. this is like a wholesale the, replacement. There is something where it's, I think it's the first, the hundred, the first hundred thousand, top hundred thousand on Alexa are reserved. <laughs> And can be claimed ah, yeah. by okay. that's a good idea. So yeah, that's see, something I'm more interested in that because but I don't know, I you know I could be uh wrong about this, but I suspect like it's just it's just kind of confusing because it's kind of like it's kind of like what does an account mean? So if you're you work really hard, but you have your one GitHub account, but then the guy next to you in the cubicle who he actually, for some reason, he has eight accounts that qualify. <laughs> and then you're kind of like feeling resentful. So now this is unhappiness. I mean, everyone has to be happy, remember. And it's like people, do people want the coin or do they want, what do they want? Wouldn't you rather have, so you're ranked 100,001 on Alexa. You lost your, you just lost your site, <laughs> you know? And now it's like, it's sending a confusing message as well because if you're growing your site and your site's growing very well, then you're doing great. But you you missed the cutoff and someone could register your name. Now it gets annoying. Um, so those are the things, those are the areas where I, that I really watch for because I don't want those people to be unhappy. I want everyone, I want it to just be smooth sailing, pure happiness in every direction. Sideship.ai. Why was Trace so uh, into something called Nimble Wimble Coin. What is it? I, I have no idea. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Many people have commented on. In fact, you saw that I can prove that I had no idea because you can see that I will not really prove. But you saw that I I, I quoted him on Twitter because I thought he made a good point. But now, to my dismay, I discover that <laughs> who knows what really motivated his point about like coin joining kind of outs you as a as a kind of creepy person, and so. You may mm -hmm. not want to do it for that reason. And I was like, that's right. You may not want to do it for that reason. 
but now it seems as though his motivation for doing that was just to make Mbombo coin look better. But yeah, this is a very confusing uh, kind of, um, it doesn't really make any sense because Trace is supposed to be the super rich guy and Mimbo, he didn't even chill Grin, right? Which is like the kind of project. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Instead he shilled the coin that like had this weird pre-mine. And so if he's really like handing out these pieces of paper. That is old make... school. I, I give him credit Isn't for that. that. crazy? It's like, it's, pass, it's... it's like passing notes in school. Passing I love notes it. in class, yeah. Pass it on. Yeah, that would have been great yeah. if it said like, pass it on or something on the note. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense that he would do that. Um, and also it would have been so unlikely to work because that was like Bitcoin maximalist conference. So it shows this kind of total lapse of judgment that is very difficult to explain. Mm. I don't have any explanation. I mean, maybe he's really much poorer than everyone thinks, or maybe he's crazy. He's going, he's like going senile, or maybe he has been like having people kind of suck up to him for so long that his self-criticism wires in his brain died out because they weren't being used and he needs to regrow them. (laughs) It happens to people, right? That's that's part of this. It's a terrible thing about if, if anyone who's like rich or famous or important is that you have to always wonder like, are these people just sucking up to me? Mm. You know, is there an angle? So I don't know. It doesn't make any sense why he would do that. What is that? You know, he kind of thought that he could get away with that. Like, it makes no sense. I don't know. And if, you know, to not really get a lot of money because I don't think he could possibly have extracted. Yeah. I don't think the shilling went too well. <laughs> no, <laughs> and, that's, and that's why uh, in the discussion that ensued, every, we started thinking like, who is the actual Bitcoin maximalist? Um, yes, they, well, that was a even, good, that, even you have held Namecoin, haven't you? I have. Um, well, yeah, that's true. For research purposes, I bought this Zcash, and then once I bought, I bought, I literally bought um, Ethereum Classic after it split off at the very bottom, and then I can't access it because I don't understand how. <laughs> I tested it, I thought, but I never like did a complete round trip test. So I bought like what was what it eventually would be because I bought it at like twenty five cents or whatever the absolute lowest thing we could ever was and i when i did i was like this is the stupidest thing i've ever done in my life this is a, just a total donation <laughs> because to mess with ethereum and it ended up being worth like some absurd amount of money uh, but i have no I, I have no i tried to get it and i i have saved the folder if anyone out there is listening and they want to try and offer me 10 percent of my own money or whatever i have the folder that has the passwords and the key and the directory and i I have no idea what I did and it doesn't work. When I type the stuff in, it just says like, please enter your password or it's just like, I don't know. I put, the, I put all types of different things in there to try to figure out what happened. So if anyone wants to uh, give that a shot, you can't, I don't know what Ethereum classic is worth these days. Um, but no the idea. real question for me is what, you know, I, I wanted to tweet. I wanted to tweet um, because I asked that other question. That's that thing that really blew up about if, Bitcoin maximalism was dead and that turned into a big Twitter event. But I was saying like the only person, you know, there's only one person who can help me, which is that, which is Vitalik Buterin. He's the one who can define it again. He defined it once and I can ask him to define it again. And then I will know 
what maximalism is and who it still applies to. Because I, I asked Luke, uh, Luke Dasher and he, uh, and he said, no, I'm not a maximalist because sometimes I take USD as payment. I know that doesn't make any sense. Luke, <laughs> the, the original, the original meaning I, I thought was pretty clear. It was that, well, I, you have to see this. What one thing I think is happening is that new people are showing up and they don't know like the story. And the story is that Satoshi did all this work to do something that everyone thought was like impossible. He created Bitcoin from scratch and then <laughs> kind of created Namecoin, which also was like, I do think that the technology, the idea of Namecoin or of a Namecoin is a great idea and, and it, its day will come probably soon. And then you had Charlie Lee who copy pasted the code, which took no effort whatsoever. And he changed like two parameters and uh, then you had Litecoin. So that is, he had every right to do that. I don't know why the community put up with it at all because I kind of regarded it as sort of insulting to Satoshi that, you know, that you could automatically have like two categories of things, Bitcoin and Litecoin, because one person did all this marginal effort to create it was immense. And the marginal effort to create Litecoin was very de minimis basically nothing. So this and what followed was mostly more like that where people putting in basically no effort, uh, but being treated kind of in the same category as Bitcoin. So this is kind of unfair jumping in this category. Then eventually you had stuff that had some use for something, even was very confusing and weird, but Prime so you had like counter, yeah, you had stuff like PrimeCoin where it would do something, um, you know, and you're like, is this worth it? But probably not. And then you had kind of a version 2.0 of that where you had stuff that was more complicated at least. So you had counterparty, BitShares, Ethereum. <clears throat> that was like 2014, 2015, whatever. So the story is a lot of just stuff that was just total junk. And then the new stuff... BitShares and Ethereum, mainly. The new stuff was very, very poorly thought out. And those people were not, they were really just changing all these things frivolously. You know, I regarded it mostly as a matter of luck that Ethereum triumphed, that people just wanted to kind of some alternative to Bitcoin. Because they were a little worried about, I think, governance, scaling the block size debate, but basically governance, they were like, who's making the decisions around here? And what happens if there's a bad decision? We need a competitor. And they were like, well, this Vitalik thing, because it's Satoshi's anonymous, but Vitalik is right here. And he's like, a, Satoshi was sort of seemed old because he would talk about Usenet sometimes. So what is this guy like 500 years old? But Vitalik hey, is Hey, I talk about Usenet. <laughs> and um, so, so this is kind of this contrast. I regard it as basically a matter of luck that it could have been anything. And so, what I'm trying to say is mostly maximalism was just this point of view, this observation that everything else was just terrible and that these people who, they all had an agenda. It was all, they were all just trying to make money. That's why I need Vitalik to announce the definition on Twitter. He's the only one who can help resolve this, this issue. I never thought I would say that, but it's like, <laughs> it's like the end of uh, whatever, um, 
Back to the Future. He says, there's only one, one man who can help me. <laughs> the camera comes to Vitalik now. Yeah. <laughs> and he is, he is the definer. He has the uh, whatever. He has the Genesis definition. So he, so he must now define it as, because all I want to know is if bit refill accepts Ethereum, you know, if it legitimizes it as a payment method, legitimizing they, it as money. They probably, they probably will now that um, the Maxi has left Bitrefill. No, but they already do. That's the thing. Is that they were even they, give a thing about Lightning, and they said, because in the thing, this is how this came on my radar even. The guy, the uh, Sergey or someone was saying, Lightning accounts for, is now up to about 5% of our revenue which is about as much as we do in Ethereum revenue. And I was like, oh, what's the place where John Carvalho works has been accepting Ethereum this whole time, gaining revenue from it and legitimizing it as money by accepting it as a payment. So now mm -hmm. people try to spin this around and they say, we're doing them. It's actually a bad thing because we take it and we oh, no. sell it. You know, I know, isn't that crazy? And they're saying, we sure, we legitimize it as money and we accept it. But when we sell it, so we're we're like taking it out of the ecosystem or something. We, you know, we dump so, it or something. So it works. It's like, what is going on? So you see that is I mean? not how that anything is, works. That is not consistent with the original maximalist idea where you would just be like, of course, I won't touch any of that because, you know, you wouldn't even think about it because, you know, it's completely illegitimate as a... It would be a thing that would get you laughed at. You'd be disqualified. You'd be laughed out of a conversation if you brought up, oh, like what if we traveled back in time to like 2015 and someone at Blockstream said, oh, we should do a data feed for our bit shares. I mean, like they would just, people would just be laughed. That person would probably be fired. <laughs> you know, they would be like. Yeah. So, Bear market though. <laughs> So, you know, but I'm not saying that it's any, anyone, anything that anyone is doing is wrong. I would just like to know what the definition is anymore. I just, what is the definition? I don't know. Well, I mean, we that's why we need Vitalik. Vitalik is the only one who can help. Well, yeah, we he will has put to give out us a our, the measurement. <laughs> I, I publicly we'll call upon him to exactly. define Bitcoin maximalism to a greater degree of specificity than in the past. What does what exactly does it mean? The world needs to know. I need well, to Vitalik, know. I would like we, to know. We need to know. We'll put out. We'll create a public campaign around this poll. Don't worry. Any definition and, um, is fine as long as it's consistent. <laughs> we'll take any definition. And also, before we go, guys, uh, Ethereum Classic is actually six dollars and eighty-four cents. So oh. there's uh, there were, what what is that equal? What did you buy that? Twenty-five cents. 25 cents. I don't know if I should tell you how much I bought. It was, no. it was easy to get a lot of it at 25 cents. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, if anyone so wants to make, if anyone, if anyone can, would like to try out oh, Vitalik also, we have your attention. 